Welcome to episode 35 of Forging the Journey, where we discuss the joys and struggles of our entrepreneurial journey. I'm Greg Davis. And I'm Jared Dobb. And we have Mr. Benjamin Brown. How y'all doing? Joining us today. The one and only Ben Brown. Actually, there's probably a lot of Ben Browns out there, (laughs) as common as that name sounds. (laughs) But there's only one that matters. (laughs) Maybe, maybe. And we, we have him on the podcast so Ben is one of the owners of Wise Men Company, um, yep. and they have an interesting thing going on, and I'm excited to have them on and kind of learn more about, about what they do, because they don't do just one thing. You know, me and Jared, we kind of have our one one thing, but uh, Wise Men does lots of things. So Lots. Yep. Sometimes it's helpful. Sometimes it's not. (laughs) (laughs) I can't imagine trying to do all the things. (laughs) Thanks for having me on guys. Oh, no problem. We're excited to have you on. Why don't you just give us just a real quick, um, just kind of idea of who you are and yeah, sure. Yeah. So my name is Ben Brown. I was, I am one of the owners of wise men companies. We started this probably, we're on our fourth year right now. And my original background starting in the gun industry was working for a retail shop in Pennsylvania. It was the largest uh, private retailer of firearms in the state of Pennsylvania. Uh, it grew really fast, uh, indoor range, uh, club upstairs. Like it was gorgeous. It was, it was a absolutely phenomenal facility. Um, did a little gunsmithing there, and then I got promoted to corporate development analyst, which uh, is sounds not fancy. As, it's not fancy. <laughs> uh, what basically my job was so I did social media, and my job was to basically find out what was hot in the industry, what was selling well, what did everybody want, and then reach out to those manufacturers and bring their products in house. Um, sometimes. Everyone thinks like, oh, if you reach out to a manufacturer, they're just going to sell you their products to retail. That's not always the case. Some manufacturers are very particular about who they let retail their products. So I would have to kind of reach out, shoot the shit with them, talk, talk it over and see if their product was going to be a good fit for our facility. Um, the fact that we were so big definitely helped. Um, but it still was a little bit of a challenge once in a while. So I would also get to go to buy shows, things like that. Um, and in conjunction to that, like I said, I was doing their social media. So if we got a new product in, I would do a review on it, talk about it, what I liked about it, why everyone else liked it. Um, and that's kind of where everything started. So I did that for a while, four years. And I realized, man, there's really a need in the gun industry for social media help and, and content creation in general. Um, because as we all know, guns are very unique. They're also you know, frowned upon by a lot of people in the United States. A lot of um, freelance advertisers might not want to take on a gun manufacturer or a product that deals with um, firearms. So people, manufacturers needed guys like me to create content, but also know what we were talking about and what to look for when advertising their products. So I saw a really need for that, big need for that, branched out, started Wiseman Company, and then once we started that, once Wiseman Company was off the ground, um, I had some product ideas that I just, it was kind of selfish product ideas, stuff that I wanted that I was like, why isn't anyone doing this? So the product side kind of came organically and uh, that's, that's how we got two sides of the house. So we have advertising or content creation and reviews, and then we have our own product line um, and they've just kind of been going hand in hand now. Eventually, we'll probably separate the two into two different companies. I don't know when that'll happen. Um, but it's just going – they're getting too big that they're going to need to separate here soon. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where it all started, and that's where I am right now. Very cool. So tell a little nice. bit about your, uh, about your products that you guys have. So product stuff, what we do, a lot of it is related to everyday carry type type items. We do carry Lunar Concepts products exclusively. So we retail all his products for that. We ship them. We handle all his media, everything like that. He Lunar Concepts is a dude that is really um, focused and driven by his craft. Like he really enjoys making this stuff, perfecting it, coming up with new ideas. What he doesn't enjoy 
is the social media side and the back end stuff, which is fine. I mean, I, I totally get that. So we, we retail a lot of his product, which are more firearm oriented slings. Uh, the split fix is a very popular one. Um, ammo bags, things like that. Wise men company has the signet ring, the wise guy, uh, the signet ring kind of really set us on the map because that integrates into a lot of the spider co knives. Spider co knives are really popular. Um, and what that does is basically turn your Spyderco into more of a defensive tool instead of just an everyday carry utilitarian tool. Um, and people really like that. So we have signet rings. Um, the wise guys, a, a pocket tool. That's, that was like our original flagship product. Um, and then we have a few more things that we've added along the way. Um, and those just continue to go on and on. And we have some other ideas in the, in the works. I don't know when those will be out. But uh, again, the product side was just kind of like, oh, I want this. I want to do this. Let's just add it and see what happens. And other people wanted the same thing. So we sold them. Yeah. That sounds familiar. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And you started why? So you and I guess all three of us, really, we started our companies around the same time. Yeah. Yep. I, yep. And I remember that. I think. I think we might have started TA Targets a little bit before, maybe a little after. I don't remember. But I, I think that the idea of Wiseman Company was probably in your head for a, a, a while. I, yeah. So give us was. a little bit of a, a backstory on that. Yeah. So um, I had been working at this retailer and I had this, I had this logo in my head and I had this name in my head. And Wiseman Company was, was because I wanted to create a culture of wise men. I wanted the, that company. I wanted to cultivate that, that lifestyle. Um, and I had been thinking about it a long, a long time. Wasn't, I was kind of at a, a wall in my career with this other company. So I knew something had to change. Um, and, uh, I had been thinking about it for a long time. So in, in February, I think it was 2000, I don't know what it was, 15 or something like that. Uh, 14. I just decided I'm going to take the jump. I had, I had a dinner meeting with my business partner, Noah, and uh, kind of ran the idea, buy him what I had, and that was it. We started, um, made some really good connections off the bat from my previous job, like TA Targets, because um, they're local to us, uh, IC13 Arms, uh, Lunar Concepts, a lot of great companies that were close to me definitely helped because I could bounce ideas off them. We could um, network together and uh, just put each other in touch with the correct people in the industry. So that was really helpful starting my business. A lot of people don't get that advantage. Uh, and thankfully I was very fortunate. Yeah, I've always been a little jealous over here. Uh, just to see how many of you guys are so close together out there and you guys have been able to band together and, yeah. um, I've been lucky enough that you guys have have friended me along, but uh, well, we keep cool you at distance you because you're an Ohioan. <laughs> yeah, I I always get so frustrated because the Pacific Northwest gets so much credit and publicity, and there's a lot of great dudes out there in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, um, and I feel like they're all banded together out there. But I was like, there's no. Re I always tell everyone around here, there's no reason that the Northeast, that Pennsylvania, shouldn't be the epicenter of the gun industry. We have yeah. great gun laws, which people don't usually understand because it's technically a blue state. Um, but we have great gun laws. There's a lot of great companies in Pennsylvania and around us that border us. Um, there's no reason that this shouldn't be the epicenter, that we all shouldn't band together right here. But it seems like Pacific Northwest gets a lot of the credit there, which is fine. You guys are cool out there, too. Hey, I think Ohio should be the epicenter. I mean, we have High Point. <laughs> here oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Jeez, yeah. yeah i forgot about that yep you can't get much bigger than that we have uh oh who do we have um oh i'll draw a blank um it doesn't matter you have high point that's the ace up the sleeve uh, right yeah, yeah. you'll have yeet cannons coming out of your ears <laughs> soon <laughs> that's funny but no that that was one thing that i noticed kind of watching you guys because i've like i said we started around the same time you guys were the foundation of our Instagram and kind of teaching me how to go about all that at the beginning. So there was a lot of, and I'm, I know a lot of other people watch too. You, what you did really well from my perspective was building that network and yeah. having all those companies around you. 
Absolutely. I could not have done it um, without the network part. Um, and, and that's, and that's honestly where social media is at right now with the gun industry. If you don't have networks and I hate, and like influencers, I hate to use that term, but like if you don't have those, those people to organically get growth, it makes it really, really difficult um, because you can get blackballed so easily on Instagram, Facebook. Um, so the, the network aspect is, is really, really valuable in my opinion. Yeah, That's what so I that. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Jared. I was gonna say, so you're, I, I would definitely say then you're kind of agreeing that the social media game is one of the main drivers behind Wiseman Company. Um, how has that? I, I think we would all agree it's changed over the last four years. But can you give kind of a rundown of where that's at right now? What people can expect who might just yeah. be jumping in? Yeah, I mean, it really. You're 100 percent right. It's really changed. We've all seen it. Um, you know, early on, it was, you could expect growth if you did the right things. Um, doesn't, you weren't guaranteed to get growth. You still had to do the right things. Um, but now you can do everything right and nothing will happen. I mean, and you can, it's even difficult pay to play. Like if you want to boost a post or advertise on a product, I know I can't do that anymore. They won't let me, um, at all, not even a little bit. They will not take my money. Um, which we all know is going that way, that direction. Um, so from four years ago to now, it's, it's been really challenging. And I recently saw a dude talk about in 10 years, how influencers won't even be around. They won't even use influencers. They'll be a thing of the past because they're going to, they're going to dictate so much what people see. Um, we just all saw that thing on Google um, whether, whether Google or not is, um, you know, biased in any way. Um, and I think we can all agree that they are biased and they, they will dictate what the viewership will see in a day's time in your feed, things like that. So influencers, I would say if you're a major influencer right now, live it up, enjoy it, put some of that away, uh, start thinking about the next step. Uh, there will be another platform that comes out. I guarantee it. Um, and just be ready for that leap. That's what I would tell people. Well, when, if, if Google does start cracking down more, um, wouldn't that make influencers even more valuable and more? Or, or why, or, I think, why are I people think saying that influencers are going are gonna to go away? Because they are going to, it won't matter what they say. So you can have a huge viewership. Say you have a million followers. And if, if Google wants to say, well, I'm only going to let 1% of your followers see what right. you post then it doesn't really matter. You're still only getting 1%. doesn't matter if they have a huge following. They can, they can constrain that reach to whatever capacity they want. And they will. I mean, there's no doubt about it. They will. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, some of us, you know, individually and behind the scenes have, have talked about a lot is, is what's next and where should we be, uh, you know, where should we be, we, where should we be putting our attention to next? And that's yeah, it's and just, I, I, I think hats off to you guys because you guys are doing, your guys are really diversifying. You got podcasts, you got YouTube, you kicked off YouTube. You obviously have Instagram and Facebook. Um, you're using influencers to the best of your abilities. Uh, I think you guys have really diversified. Um, and I, I wish I could be my more diverse as well. I'm just too busy making content for everybody else and not yeah. for myself, <laughs> yeah. which I probably, I should probably change. Um, but again, I would keep your eyes out for that next platform. I don't know what it is. I know Twitch is really popular right now. Um, that's a big gaming community. I don't do that. It is live streaming. Um, and that's one thing to think about. Everybody wants like now, 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 when it comes to social media, they don't want a post from, 10 days ago. They want like what's happening right, right now. And that's why stories are very, very effective and popular in, in Instagram. Uh, you'll see people doing four second, five second stories all the time, not even using the 15 seconds. So it's just constantly like staying in your mind and you're watching a story continuously, even though it's in short segments. Um, it's, it's frustrating. <laughs> it's just so hard. Cause I know I've, I've joined, I don't know how many other of these next things 
just because I want to get on it early. Yeah. But then it ends up just going away. Yeah. And now I've got like five apps. Yeah. Yeah. Five things that nobody's on anymore. And <laughs> I think we're all hoping that 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 that, that next thing is going to come because it. I I I think we all love just as much as we hate you know Instagram and YouTube and Facebook. They've been Absolutely. instrumental, and that's probably how all of us. That is how all of us are making our living is through yep. those. And, yep. uh, you know, so we, ha- so we love them, but yep. uh, there's quite a bit to be dismayed about with those two. Yeah. It's feeding the beast. Uh, well, my question to you guys would be, do you guys get burned out by it? You guys get burned out by this stuff. Like I, I know personally just being, cause I, I, I love the firearms. I, I love it. I go home and watch YouTube videos on guns. Like I, I immerse myself in this stuff all the time when people my everybody at the shop gets so mad because i'm constantly just dry firing around here and they're just hearing click 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 all the time which is i I get it it's annoying Um, but i just love this stuff but the social media aspect of it really can burn you out i feel like does it burn you guys out oh yeah over time i i've noticed that where i i go through spells where it's like man you got to keep this up and you always have to be doing stuff and then you you notice that when you're kind of falling back things kind of slow down. They kind of grind to a little bit of a halt and it's like, man, you've got to be doing this and doing this all the time. And then just trying to balance. So for us, the, and I, all of us have been the same way. We've been growing so quickly that that's taking so much extra time just to maintain products and shipping and then orchestrating the shop and then working through issues and stuff. So then social media sometimes gets put on the backside, which isn't a good thing, but Uh, I've been trying to take a conscious effort of diversifying where we're putting content out. I really wanted to use my, and Greg and I have talked about this, but I've wanted to use my personal page to kind of reach out as a personal interaction with other customers. And that's led to a lot of really cool sales and and business for TA targets and all the other stuff we wanted to do. Uh, But yeah, it's, it is not a part-time job when you start getting into social media. And I learned that, pretty quickly on it just even thinking about how many messages we get asking simple questions they only yeah. take me five minutes to respond you know right. how should i get three eights ar 550 or half inch i get that probably 10 times a week yeah but i want to have personal interactions with people so it takes right. takes time you know yeah yep it does it adds up it adds up quick yeah uh, i think i've i've definitely gone through you know, you know, through times where I'm getting burnt out. And, it's, and for me, it's just been about finding that balance um, and coming up with a game plan. For me, it's been, you know, you know having a game plan of how many posts are going to be original content, how many kind of reposts, how many posts from, um, you know, from my influencers and just trying to come up with a game plan so I don't feel so overwhelmed. Like, man, I have to put up two posts a day of original content. That's that's just not going to happen. And Yeah. And so just... And yeah, I mean, it, the thing I have to tell myself is this is how I make my living. This is what I have to do. I just, yeah. I, I have to make those, make that content and make those posts. And that's just, the work. Just keep grinding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. And uh, if that's exactly what it is. It's a grind. Um, you just got to keep going. What I would say for, if you have a, pro- if, for those of you that are starting out or have a product, you can't keep a good product down. If your product is viable and it's good, you're going to see growth in social media. You're going to see sales because this is America still. People talk about this stuff. And I think Neomag and TA Targets are a great example of that. Like if you have a legitimately good product, you are going to have growth and you're going to have sales. The products will speak for itself to an extent. Right. Um, for some people that have a product that's maybe stagnant or they haven't updated in a long time or... Maybe it's um, there's a finite amount that will probably be sold. You'll start to see that growth slow down a little bit, and then you're going to have to going to have to go to the drawing board and think of something new and creative, or improve on the original design in some way. Yeah. So I think one of the, one of the interesting things, it, you know, me and Jared have, over the past thirty four episodes, whatever, a lot of what we've talked about um, and gone into depth about is is what it's like to come up with a, with a physical product and different options on how to get that product made and, and ship that product. And me and Jared definitely have a little bit more um, of an all in hands-on approach to our products. And you guys, 
have a little bit different. You, you guys um, have someone else, you know, handle your manufacturing. And if yeah. I understand correctly, you know, you guys package and ship, but yes. um, you know, what right. that's allowed you guys to do is have those physical products and be able to diversify and yes. do your social media stuff. So just kind of talk a little bit about, you know, what was your, or have you ever thought about getting more, more hands-on with that products and focusing more on that, or maybe less on that and focusing more on social media? You know, how has that balance happened for you guys? Yeah. I mean, I, I learned a long time ago, stay in your lane and stick to what you, like stick to what you're good at. Like I am not, not a manufacturer. Like Jared knows this, like I am not handy at all. Like I can build guns. That's about it. Um, so I found, again, this goes back to that networking thing. Like I found a way to surround myself with people that were good at it and maybe we can both mutually benefit. And you're right. Like this gave me more time to do the social media aspect of it, the content creation aspect of it, because I can have somebody say like, Hey, this is my idea. Can you make it a reality? And they, they bring it to life and then we can package and sell it. It saves a lot of time. Whereas you guys, obviously you, you, you know, from beginning to end, you guys are handling it. Um, and that's, that's just what you guys are good at. That's what you've always done. And you probably, even when Neomag and TA targets are a freaking huge company, I guarantee you, you guys will still be sneaking into the warehouse or the shop and trying to get your hands on that kind of stuff, because that's what you do. That's what you like. Um, me it's, I just don't even, I would just mess everything up. So (laughs) I just stick to my lane and do what I'm good at and then find the people that I know that are good at that kind of stuff and put them in that role. And the other thing that's worked out so well for you is having Noah and his skill set. I wish Noah could could have been on today. And it's just, you know, he is, he's so talented with the content, uh, you know, with the creation side of things and the film. And also kind of talk about, your relationship with Noah and those skill sets and how that's worked for you guys. Sure. Um, Noah handles more of the back ends of stuff. So he set up all the shipping, which was from his background. That's what he did. Um, he handled all the e-com side again, that's from his background. Um, and he, he was really good. He's really good at finding, um, efficiency, and the most cost-effective way of doing that kind of stuff, which for me, I, I don't, that's not my strong suit. Um, the, we get into problems when we start to try to do the other person's job. And we try to say like, oh, I can handle this. It's like, no, I, I can't handle that. Like that's not, I don't have the bandwidth for it, one. So I need to stop kidding myself and think I can just go back into the shipping department and try to ship stuff or handle customer service issue or get on the website and make changes like no ben don't do that (laughs) you're gonna mess (laughs) stuff up so that's how it's kind of been good for us and then i can just do it what i do i'm charismatic i'm outspoken i i like talking about things i like explaining things um i'm a shooter i shoot a lot i mean it's just uh, I like edit video editing. Like that's the creative portion that I really, really enjoy. Um, I like telling a story. Um, I don't think I'm the best at it, but I'm getting better every day. Uh, so it's just kind of yin and yang. It's worked well. Um, and, uh, we're just going to keep going on. But the, again, the, the difficulties is when we try to think, Oh, we can just do the other person's role when you're not the best person for that role. Um, when I was younger and I played volleyball, there's obviously so many positions and everyone guards their own area. I used to just run around and do everything (laughs) because that's what I thought I needed to do. I'll just do everything. No, just stick to what you're good at and, uh, let trust that the other person is going to do the best they possibly can on their end. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think you and Noah have a unique relationship. Um, you guys have known each other for a long time now. Um, but that's the other thing you and I have that in common, Ben, that we have business partners kind of to help pull the load. Yeah, I know Greg started out solo. There's pluses and minuses to all that, but what kind of things have you guys experienced, you know, working together with business partners and, and or what, what advice do you give to people? Cause obviously whenever you put two people together and you're starting yeah, sure. a business, I mean, you're putting yeah. your neck out 
yep. pretty far when you start a business, but yep. do you have any advice for people? Yeah. Just be evenly yoked. Um, and I mean, what I mean by that is like have the same principle, the same moral compass, um, is, is the other person's home life in order? I, I'm a firm believer. And if your household is in or, isn't in order, everything else is going to suffer. It will. It just absolutely will. So take care of yourself first. Uh, your household, is your marriage okay? Or you have a good relationship with your kids? And then if you think you can handle a business partner, start, start thinking about that. And your business partner should, it's kind of like a marriage. They should be able to, you know, fill in your deficiencies and vice versa. Um, and make no mistake, you are going to fight. That's just, I mean, I fought with my brother almost (laughs) every day growing up. Do I still love him? Absolutely. Um, but we fought every single day. And I mean, with a business partner, everyone says like, Oh, you just need to think of it just as business. It's just business. Good luck with that. That's not going to happen. Like there's personalities involved. There's emotions involved or human beings um, and again, that comes with just having a firm foundation in, in whatever you believe in. Uh, I'm a Christian. I believe in having a firm foundation, a biblically based foundation and is your household in order. And if it isn't, everything else is going to suffer. So, um, it's, I would say it's probably easier being taking, starting out by yourself, but I mean, eventually you're going to need help. And I think Greg, you can testify to this because everyone's so scared about hiring somebody. Um, but you said something really profound to me a long time ago when you were over here in Pennsylvania, you said to me, you go, um, you know, I was, I was really nervous about hiring an employee, but it was the best decision I ever made because it finally made, it gave me time. It gave me the ability to go do the things that I, Greg really needed to do and that my employee could handle. Um, you still want a good employee, but, um, Everyone thinks like, oh, an employee is going to be a deficit. I'm going to have to pay them my money, and it's not going to have any re- return on investment. When really, that doesn't have to be the case. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, and and, I, yeah, go ahead. I kind of look at it, and Ethan and I were just having this – Ethan and I were just having this conversation. It's kind of like if you had a wagon, and it was filled up with whatever, 1,000 pounds. I might be able to move it on my own. But Ben, if you jumped in and teamed up with me, right. We probably could more than double the weight that we could pull, you know? So there's advantages to having people, you know, you can get great return from it, but that's something that we've worked through is just the communication and dealing with personalities and making sure everybody knows, you know, what their role is. Cause I mean, if there's any confusion in roles at all, you know, then you'll have people stepping on each other's toes and trying to do multiple things. And yep. Um, no, that's, yeah, the, uh, that's cool. From the multiple people that I know that own businesses and have business partners, it really is the closest thing you can get to having a marriage. And in a lot of ways, maybe even more difficult, you're probably spending more time with your business partner than you are your spouse. Um, yeah, probably. I, I, that's hard to hear, but yeah, <laughs> it's you true. probably it's are. Prob- it's honestly, honestly, yeah. And, and at the end of the day, you're both depending on each other to make a living you know, yes. like there's, there's probably even some more stress involved there, yeah. what there can be in certain marriages. So, um, it, I, I've learned so much from watching you guys and your, and your relationships with your business partners and stuff. I still don't have a, a true business partner. Um, Dusty's probably as close as it gets without me having, you know, you know w- without all the paperwork and stuff like that at this mm-hmm. point, just cause I've allowed him and I've, I've pulled him in into that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, having, I, I I almost wish that I would have bit the bullet and hired somebody sooner. And, and I think if there's one thing to learn from just from your guys' story and how you guys started everything is even if you're good at a lot of things, you're not going to be great at everything nope. and having help and, uh, and be willing to surrender things, even maybe things that you are good at, but you need to give to someone else and then, fully allow that person to yep. do those things and not hover yep. over them. Yep. Um, yeah. The, there's just so much to learn from pulling somebody else in and being what, being able to let yep. go of things. And As, for those of, yeah, sorry, go ahead, Jared. Uh, go, you run, run with it. Okay. So for those of you that might think like, Oh, I'm not in the role that maybe I want or that, you know, isn't the most glamorous. It doesn't matter. Be the best friggin' 
shipping person you could possibly be, be the best, you know, uh, accountant you could possibly, bookkeeper you could possibly be. It's all not, it's not all glitz and glamour all the time. Like, oh, I want to be in this role. I want to be in this position because they're more notarized or they're more recognized or uh, that looks more fun. Like we always think the grass is greener on the other side, but if you're truly good at something, you need to be Every day, it is a commitment to be the best you possibly can be at it because someone is depending on you to do that. And with a business partner, like Greg said, like it's financially based. So if someone starts screwing up all the time, is late, just messes up continually, that is not going to give your business partner a lot of confidence. And that's when fights start. That's when things go south really, really quick. So I think it is a conscious decision. Okay, I'm going to do the best I possibly can with the tasks I have, with the responsibilities I have. Has that ever been difficult for you to kind of delegate that stuff off? Because for me, I hold on to stuff sure. Sure. way longer than I should. Yeah. Um, have you ever experienced that? Yeah, I have. Um, just certain. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I think if I can speak for him a little bit, Noah maybe had a little bit more t- challenging time with that. Um, I got... I got my PP slapped a long time ago when it came to that, <laughs> just because I, I was like that. I was that person that was like, oh, I'll just put it all on my shoulders. I'll just do it. I'll just do it. Just do it. I know it'll get done right if I do it myself. But then stuff starts not getting done. And you stop asking for help when something could be done better if, if someone could help you or give you some advice. So, yes, that is absolutely happened for me personally maybe not on a biggest bigger a bigger scale as noah um but obviously he's not here to answer that i think he would say that if he were here <laughs> that's okay we'll just let you speak for him <laughs> 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 i'm okay with that <laughs> but yeah that's this is the stuff that when you go into a business for me when, when we started ta targets and then obviously we all shot and did some Saracode stuff and we have other things cooking in the background that really yeah. nobody knows about but like when i started the first one with my business partners this is stuff we never really even thought of right you know it's a yeah. lot of it's a lot of this background stuff that i i don't know that even if i would have listened to every podcast about this topic and every good entrepreneur and every whatever yeah. i there's so much stuff that you just yeah. don't see 100% and have you ever gotten to the point when you were planning out Wiseman company that those unknowns kind of made you freeze and question whether sure. you should even make the plunge. Why don't you talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I obviously had to have a pretty understanding wife because I was leaving a good job <laughs> and yeah. uh, I was like, ah, I'm going to try this. We're going to wing it and, and, you know, see what happens. Um, yeah, there was a lot of times where I thought, oh man, you can't do this. Or there's already, there's already people doing this. So that, that means you shouldn't do it. Um, and really you just have to get in it. You just have to do it. And, and some of this stuff you could be told a million times the do's and don'ts, but you won't, you won't hear it. You won't receive it until you actually live it and experience it. And then you'll never forget it again. So absolutely. And my only advice is, you know, if you're thinking about being an entrepreneur or going on your own, that you just have to do it. I, you could go to every seminar, read every book, um, but some of this you just got to get your hands dirty with. So speaking of books and seminars, um, are you a book reader, book listener, podcast listener? What's your I, go-to? I do read picture books. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I have been getting more. I've gotten, since I started Wiseman Company, I've been reading a lot more. Noah's been a big uh, influencer in that. He has helped me out a ton, picked out some books that he thought I'd like. Um, when he goes on trips, sometimes he'll, he's a big book junkie. So he'll go to, you know, bookstores and just kind of pick something out for me once in a while. So yeah, I'm a big reader now. Um, I read as slow as molasses in winter. Like I am a like hooked on phonics level of, of reading, <laughs> but like, I just get through it cause I know it helps. I know it helps. How about podcasts? You listen to, you listen to podcasts really? Uh, yeah. I listen to some podcasts. Um, when I was traveling more, I listened to a lot more podcasts. Um, I, I really enjoy podcasts for the most part. I think, I think that's another area that's still really growing as far as social media, quote unquote, goes. Um, 
but yeah, I, I like podcasts a lot. Um, big YouTube watcher. I'm a big consumer of YouTube. I uh, probably shouldn't be, but what's your favorite uh, YouTube channel? Oh man, ninety second or nine hole reviews is probably one of my favorites. I like Kit Badger. Um, who else do I like? Uh, those two are probably my top nine hole reviews, just because they're it's constant shooting and it's constant data feedback from the platform they're using. Uh, nine hole reviews is based out of Texas. They they've been around for a while, but they just recently just exploded in in growth. Um, Sage Dynamics, like his YouTube channel, I think he should be a lot bigger than he is, but he's not. Yeah. Um, there's some real underdogs out there um, as far as YouTube goes, but I'll watch anything. I really will. Um, how about uh, how about books? What, what, what's the most recent book that you've that stuck um, out to you? What's uh, so the one I'm reading right now is um, what is it called? Resistance to Tyranny, I think it's called. Um, and it's basically a schematic for <laughs> when, when, when's the time to start resisting basically. And it's, it's, it's a layout. It takes a lot of the literature and quotes from our founding fathers, what they used and apply it to today's setting. Um, and they, they go into basically the whole, the whole kit and caboodle of what to expect, um, and, and how, what the out, what, how important the outcome is if you do decide this is, this is the path that this country is taking. Yeah. Um, it's really, really interesting because I think that's, that's a big question in a lot of patriots' minds and a lot of Americans' minds is like, all right, we see gun rights eroding every day. We see our tax dollars going to stuff that we do not support. Taxes are increased. Um, when does this just need to stop? And I think that's... That's everyone's. And then how do you do that? How do you organize? How do you do that? And this book just lays it all out. It's, it's pretty, pretty intense. Yeah. yeah it's, it's pretty <laughs> intense, but, uh, it's questions that I think a lot of people need answered. Right. Um, so that's what I'm reading right now. I, I try to read fiction. I don't read as much fiction. I just can't stay in tune to it. So I read a lot of nonfiction. Um, uh, and I, I try to find books that aren't super thick just because I read so <laughs> slow. Yeah, <laughs> and if they have coloring portions, I like to color. <laughs> so the unique part about our industry is we are based around a natural right, you know, a right yes. that's laid out. Yeah, it's built the foundation of our nation. Um, as far as your company, where do you see? And this this question is going to be answered differently for each person. Greg and I have touched on this in the past. But where do you see Wiseman Company? Does it have a place in the politics of our um, of our industry? I I sure hope so. I really do. Um, but I mean, everybody wants—maybe not everybody—but everybody would like to think, yeah, we have the the one of the main voices when it comes to that. And sometimes that's not. Again, this comes down to that role thing. Like that's not what maybe that's not what you're destined to be, or that's not what, you know, Wiseman company is supposed to be about. You're just supposed to be a support to whoever that is. Um, and that's fine with me. You know, I, I firmly believe that more companies, and I think you guys would agree with this need to get more involved, um, and break outside of our demographic. That is the real difficulty. Like we are in an echo chamber and social media has put us in that echo chamber. They have confined us in the box. They know exactly what they're doing. Um, so when I, when I post, up, post up a story or post up a, you know, a post about you know, the Bill of Rights or anything like that, the only people that are seeing that are people that already agree with that, you know? um, which doesn't necessarily mean it's helping. So I'm constantly trying to think about how can I reach outside of this industry in some shape or form. Um, and then whatever role that is, whether big or small, yeah, Wiseman Company needs to step up and, and do whatever is necessary. Yeah. How do you see your role? This is something we've been talking about recently. Um, how do you see your role with Wiseman changing, or will it change? Or what's your? I want. I want to be. My role is changing. I want to be less hands on in in here. Um, I, I, that needs to happen as much as, um, maybe I don't want it to happen. 
I want to do more of just the on-camera stuff, the editing side. I mean, honestly, even the editing side probably needs to go to another individual. I need to stop doing that Um, because I have a lot of other things I want to do. A lot. I have a lot of aspirations um, in Wiseman Company and outside Wiseman Company. And they'll be connected. They'll be correlated in some shape or form. But I can't. There's only 24 hours in the day. And I got to stop trading hours for dollars. That never works out. Like you will just spin, spin wheels. This goes back to the employee thing. This goes back to trusting your business partner. Um, I think I have a lot more to give, but if you're, if you isolate yourself, you're not going to be able to give that. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. There's something to be said about being free to even dream for the business. And I've noticed that in my own story that as you know, as I went full-time and then we hired our shipping manager, who's a pretty much full-time guy. He's here 30 to 40 hours a week handling all the shipments. So that freed me up from shipments. Ethan's now full-time handling all the production end of things. That's just allowed me the ability to dream. And because of that, we're doing things that we would have never thought of. And again, we don't, we haven't talked about any of this stuff yet. So it's still kind of on the back burner and it's kind of a secret thing. Um, but it's just cool to see that, yeah, there's some tension there when you're like, I need to step aside and let somebody else take this over. But then it also gives you that freedom, which ultimately you need to take your company to the next level. Cause in yeah. my opinion, you've always got to be innovating and, and moving yep. forward. Yep. I read a book on leadership and a company will only, <laughs> that sounds dumb. Oh, I read a book on leadership. I know everything about leadership. No, in this book, in this book, they, the main benefit, the main reason companies hit a ceilings or teams hit a ceiling is lack of leadership because the leadership either won't give up roles, won't teach other people their roles so they can move on, or or they just get comfortable and they just want to stay where they're at. They got to progress. They have to move forward. They have to be able to hand off responsibilities so they can go take on more things. That's the only way growth will happen. Uh, and again, that comes back to just trusting trusting everything's okay at home base and uh, everything's being run appropriately how you would want it run. Yeah, I think it's so important to have, to have multiple steps and multiple goals at mm-hmm. one time so that you're not, you know, it, as soon as I complete or... I start, yeah, let me think about this. As soon as I complete one goal, I'm already, I've probably already started towards that next goal. And that third goal is already, is, is in the works. And just, I, I, I can't imagine if I was just still sitting, sitting in my basement in my old, in my last house, yeah. putting, you know, putting together Neomags. I mean, right. um, it, it's just, but it's because I've had multiple goals and plans and I'm constantly working towards them. I'm, I'm trying to hand off things to other people so that I can put time, you know, time towards those things. And I, I, I think it's so important to have, to, to have goals and be working towards goals all the time and not Absolutely. just be sitting still. Yep. Or chasing your tail or, you know, like constantly starting a project and not finishing it and moving on to the next one. It's like hammer stuff out, get those goals, achieve those points move on to the next thing. Otherwise you're just going to make yourself dizzy. You're just going to run around in circles. Well, then I I think the flip side of that too is having this, having, having the discernment to know when something is DOA and you need to just bury it and move on too. Yep. Yep. Um, Because if you're, if you're spinning your wheels doing the same thing and, and not getting anywhere, then maybe it's time to either hand it off to someone else or kill it. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. A uh, question for you guys. Are you ready? Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know what to do. I'm, get, I'm getting nervous. Yeah. Okay. What do you think is the next political wave that will affect our gun industry? We, we saw you guys were around for Sandy Hook. You guys were around for the Obama election. We just went through the Trump, not just, but we just went through the Trump-Hillary election. Um, what's the next political wave? How do you think that's going to affect the industry? Ooh, yeah, that's... That's I know Jerry's tough, got thoughts on this. I always play these what if scenarios and I, I'm not an expert by any means. Ben and you and I have had these conversations so much. So you kind of oh, yeah. oh, yeah. you know the back end of where I, where I think what I believe. Um, I think that 
since the day of a free republic being formed, there's people that will exploit that and attempt to remove rights from people. Yes. And so they'll use political movements and any anything that can be capitalized on, especially since the early 1900s, it will be capitalized on and you will see a, a move at the federal level. The thing that scares me about our industry is it's so volatile. Yes. It, it is like you don't see so somebody could take a truck and drive over 50 people in a mass event and you won't see you know automobile manufacturers biting their nails thinking oh man what's the next regulation coming down the pike is it going to shut my business down um it's just such a unique industry the thing that scares me is you see both conservative and more liberal people everyone's moving left if that makes any sense in my eyes, like, as I see this, it's just moving left. So like, I I don't know what the next um, event is. We saw the bump fire stock thing come through. Um, We we saw that come through executive order. I get nervous thinking about things like pistol braces, suppressors, um, suppressors were talked about by, by Trump. Odds are that was just him running his mouth and talking about stuff that he doesn't understand. But at the same time, I mean, we, we have a track record now of, uh, yeah, you know, of executive orders removing an accessory. So I, I think, I mean, I, I foresee that in the near future, some other kind of push to remove an accessory. And that would be the, the short um, degrading um, even further of the right stone firearms. And I mean, you see it at a state level though, too. Yeah. where there's states where now you've got to buy ammunition through licensed dealers and get background checks for all ammo purchases. So I, I don't know exactly what the next thing will be, but it, it, it makes me, and I think if you're going to get into this industry, you really need to pay attention to this stuff as mm-hmm. best as you can. You can't sure. just brush this stuff under the rug yeah. because even if you're only making a Neomag, you're not selling a firearm. You know, Greg doesn't sell a firearm. I'm not selling any firearms. I have, I make steel targets. I mean, realistically, I can still post ads on Facebook and we do sometimes and we're not really limited, but I still will be affected the same way um, a large gun manufacturer would as well. So I don't know. That's a tough, what do you think, Greg? I agree with all that. Um, And to kind of go a different angle of some of the stuff I've been paying attention to is and concerned about is just from within um yeah seeing seeing discord between um i mean i've been keeping my eye on the nra and just what's going on there um starting to see what looks like some things happen with the nra and um it kind of scares me how much everybody just wants to kill it but we also don't have any other lobbying on our side other than the nra so as much as you want to hate the nra um, hate that you need them too. And so, um, yeah, just kind of watching that closely and, and, uh, NRA is in rough shape. Yeah, it is. And, and for the right, and rightfully so. Yeah. Um, I mean, they are so, in rough shape and you know, everybody's like, Oh, support GOA and all these other things, which I believe you should too. But all of those, all of our other options are all, on litigation and defense of laws being passed. And um, unfortunately, NRA is the only lobby that we have, you know, hopefully they should be trying to do things for gun owners, which I think we can all question if that's, that's been happening lately. But uh, yeah, I just been watching, watch a little more closely of what's happened on the inside. um, And, uh, and just, kind of how that's going to affect us and as we go forward. Ben, yeah, but, you were, you were always the guy that was saying, you always said a phrase and I, I remember it. I, I forget when you said it first, but you said the gun industry, we, we just like to eat our own. Yeah, well, you do. <laughs> yeah we, you know, we, do. we do. You can watch um, any feed and see it. We pull ourselves apart. And I, what we've been talking about around here is that we get so, I personally, and a lot of people think that, I'm the majority of the gun industry. The guy that shoots three days a week does this all the time. Like I expect everyone to think like me, but really we are just a small 
minority. There's so many people out there that are just leisurely gun owners. They're gun owners nonetheless, yeah. but they are not as dedicated as, uh, you know, the people we surround ourselves with. Um, they're just not. And that's okay. I mean, some people like to rollerblade. I don't like rollerblading, you know, <laughs> but maybe there's more people dedicated to rollerblade rights, you know? But like, I, I keep thinking to myself, like, oh, why, why aren't we winning this? Why isn't anyone listening? It's because we're actually such a small little portion of the gun industry. Well, as passionate as we are, it doesn't really matter. We don't really have the numbers we think we do. And I think that's why you see a lot of infighting, uh, a lot of people tearing each other apart in feeds. I mean, look at the training community, for crying out loud. They can't agree on, you know, press checks, for crying out loud, <laughs> let alone, uh, you know, the name for a high point and uh, whether bump stocks should be banned or not. It's just a million different things. Um, and that's a, a book I'm reading right now, um, Resistance and Tyranny. In the first chapter, they make a very strong case how we have already crossed the line in the sand and we have we have drifted into a point of no return. Um, you know that meme that says George Washington would have been stacking bodies by now? He probably would have. Um, but as long as everyone's iPhones keep working, you know, the slushy machines continues to work at Wendy's, I don't think anyone gets real fired up about this stuff besides a small portion of the government industry. And again, that, that goes back to how do we branch out, break outside this demographic and reach others? Uh, it's just really difficult. Are there any guys that or gals that you see in the social media world that are doing that right now? Right now? Yeah. Um, yeah, I forget. There's this one chick. What's her name? Style Me Tactical, I think. She does a great job. Now, it's, it's more female demographic, but um, she, yeah, Style Me Tactical. She really, because she takes the fashion world. I mean, she seems like she's really in it. I don't know nothing about fashion, but she seems like she's deep in it. And she takes the whole two-way female, integrate that into, you know, everyday living of being uh, a woman in the United States. And seems like she reaches a lot of people. That's one account that really sticks out in my mind. Um, Talon Sai, great one as far as branching out. Um, you know, he does a lot of stuff on YouTube, not all gun stuff. But he's, he's not, you know, ashamed of sticking up for the 2A community or the rights our rights at all. Um, and I think he, he reaches out and grabs a lot of people that might be on the fence, might be curious. Uh, I think that's another great account. The other thing I've noticed is a huge movement in the urban communities as well. Absolutely. Yeah. That's to me so vital to expanding the idea of, you know, gun rights and the, and, and our foundation. So there's, there's a lot of stuff for people to pay attention to. And when you enter into this community that we call the quote unquote gun industry, you you really are entering into this community. Yep. Um, yep. And there's a lot to, there's a lot of work to be done uh, by us to make sure that we're, you know, maintaining it. Yeah. It's funny. I mean, there's no, <laughs> you couldn't do what we do in any other country in the world. I mean, it, this is the last spot to do this type of thing like i would not have a job in europe doing this china asia anywhere south america like maybe very limited in some capacity but like this is the last spot for firearms and it's our it's america's only martial art we've been gunfighting since this country has started you know we don't have karate we don't have taekwondo anything like that we have guns like that's that is our only martial art. Um, and, you know, we might not need it in this generation, but you have to pass that information on. You got to keep passing it. Otherwise, if, the, if a link in the chain breaks, it's done. Yeah. Right. That's the cool part. That's the cool part. And, and I know you have your own children. Greg and I have children. Um, and that's a, a cool thing to be able to pass down. And number one, I love shooting. I just, I love getting out on the range, Yeah. but I'm so excited to teach my kids, um, where all that comes from, why, yep. why we do what we do, uh-huh. you know, how we came yep. to even have the ability to own firearms. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, there's a lot, there's, there's a lot that goes into this that I, from the start four years ago, wouldn't have necessarily predicted the thoughts that I have, the ideas, the things I see in the industry. You know, I didn't even really know the gun industry that, that well at all. 
jumping into this. Yeah, true. Um, I know I liked my guns. Right. Yeah. I like to shoot yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the that's the funny part is I started out exactly like you described. You know, I was just an occasional shooter. Yeah, I had a pistol and I liked to carry it and I would shoot it every couple weekends for 50 rounds or whatever. But mm-hmm. um, I think even yeah, at that, I, you're still above. Yeah, that's still probably a higher the majority. Yeah, right? and absolutely. And, um, you know, just to, like that that right there. Yeah, you're already higher than everybody else. And that's why I wouldn't say when they say like, oh, why would you take a helicopter shooting from a helicopter course? Or why would you take a long range precision course? It's like, I would take a mortar course if they allowed it. <laughs> if they had a course just for bazookas, I'd take it because it's the craft. It's the, it's the full spectrum of knowing all this stuff. Like I'm, I'm not a casual shooter and I need to realize that sometimes. But I think the whole 2A thing encompasses everything, absolutely everything. And I think once you get in the industry, Jared, like me, like we knew like, oh, this is, this is something a little bit more. But I don't think the rest, the majority of everyone else really thinks that way, unfortunately. No. Yeah. But going off on that topic, you know, we, we talked and touched on it a little bit. What's the we have all the politics. We talked a little bit about starting the business. What's the long-term goal for Wiseman? I know you touched on it a little bit, but it, mm. just think like if you're thinking some crazy audacious thing you guys are going to do, what's that long-term dream of yours? Uh, long-term would be to, um, I guess, facilitate the majority of the content in the firearms industry, not necessarily film it, but have a hand in it in some way, facilitate it. Um, maybe work with a big network, TV show, uh, online show, something like that. Um, that would probably be like, that would be really cool. And the thoughts I have right now might not be the thoughts I have in 10 years from now. Um, but to, to be able to, again, reach that broader audience. Like I used to love the show Top Shot. Oh, I, I oh, yeah. loved Top Shot. Top yeah. Shot was the best. And I think that reached a lot of people. Um, and when I got to meet Ian from recoil at the surefire event, I was like, man, like when I was like 15 years old, I saw you win top shot. Like, that is cool. Now you're sleeping in the other room. I'm watching you sleep right now. Ian. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't say that to him, I didn't say that to him. <laughs> but like, that was super cool. That was show. I had people, I knew family members that were way left wing that didn't like guns, but would watch top shop because they were like, this is, this is sports. First of all, America loves sports. America loves guns. And they made a good show out of it. So to be a part of something like that with Wiseman company in some sort of capacity would be really, really cool. Um, obviously we're going to keep coming out with products. I would like to come up with a product that's a big game changer. You know, like there's a few products in my mind that have really changed the game. SB Tactical being one of them. Like they changed the game um, and good on them. Like they had a hell of a fight to, ahead of them, but they did it. Um, and uh, they, re- they really did a good job. Um, He's so got to be ready. You, when, you, when, you yep. make that, when you make that game changer like an SB, um, it, you also got to be ready for uh, – for like, back. it could be a pushback. It could be short lived. Uh, like, yeah, I, I, I honestly think that braces are probably the next thing that we're going to. Yeah. And see. like everything in the gun industry, it's finite manufacturers over time have li- literally lived and died by wartime. Um, it, the gun industry is just so finite. I mean, we saw the whole, everybody, the whole country binge by during, um, the Obama administration. Uh, you think like, can they do really do that again? Is there that much expendable income? How many AR-15s do you really want to buy? All obviously, of them. obviously all the of answer them. is all of them. I mean, <laughs> again, we're the we're the small. How many lowers small. do I have buried out back? We don't <laughs> yeah. talk about yeah. that. Yeah, it's, but again, it's just how we're the we're the small percentage of the people that that think like that. Everybody else was like, I'm going to buy one, just one, because. They're going to ban them and I'm going to put it in a closet and that's it. Um, so yeah, the industry is real finite. You have to be, you're absolutely right, Greg. You have to be prepared to, um, to just ride the wave that is presented to you. And if it's a short one, it's a short one. I, I think it's going to be fascinating to watch you guys. It's just, 
it's uh it's cool to see you know a couple guys that are that are product and uh you know product oriented and also content oriented you know a lot of people are just one or the other and so it's exciting to see you guys and um and where you guys have have been and where you're going and stuff you guys you guys hustle and uh and do a lot of things that's it's awesome to see thanks man appreciate it just trying to keep up really (laughs) (laughs) so the last really unless and greg you can come in but i had a last question i wanted to ask do it and oh god this is really deep and I'm excited to hear what you have to say. It's actually not that deep. I just wanted to hear from you when you hear the term entrepreneur, like mm-hmm. what does that make you think? How would you define that? I would define that as um, a pioneer. First word that comes to my mind is a pioneer. Um, uh, and I would say second would be financial freedom. By financial freedom, I don't mean the money to buy whatever you want to buy. I mean the money to provide you time to do whatever you want to do. Does that make sense? You're literally buying your freedom. Trading hours for dollars, for finite dollars, never – I mean if you're fine with that, you cool. That's fine. But that's there's only 24 hours in a day and you have to sleep sometime. Um, so – Pioneer and then uh, financial freedom would be would be the second thing that comes to mind. Nice, that's cool. I think of that is just it, it, I, which I think you could just keep going with that pioneer thought of you know the world used to work by you you came you had a skill set and a craft and that's what you used to yeah. make your way and feed yourself Absolutely. and um, which I think we all everybody still does with their job but. Um, to become an entrepreneur means you're heading out in the woods all by yourself with your hands and, and some kind of tool to, to, uh, you know, try to make it your yep. way on your own. Yep. And, uh, yep. And, it, yeah. and for those of you that don't want to be an entrepreneur, get, okay. Then get next to somebody that does like usually good entrepreneurs. If they're good entrepreneurs, take care of their employees. They, they make their quality of life as best as possible because they value them. Um, so there's plenty of people out there. I know I can think of my brother, like he doesn't, he doesn't want to do that. That's fine. But I know he can appreciate a good entrepreneur. I know he appreciates a good leader, a good pioneer. Um, so for those of you that don't want to do that, then get near somebody that's, that's good at it, that likes it. Um, I think your quality of life will improve just from, overflow in their life i'm circling back to something you said earlier that relates to this is if if be the best at what you do if you clean toilets yep at your at a place be the best toilet cleaner there is be the best whatever um be the The best at that job the only reason i got the the original job i had in the gun industry was because in the interview i said listen i know you're probably not hiring I just really like guns. I'll just come in and clean the toilets. And they were like, what? I was like, I'll clean your toilets. All right. <laughs> I'll do it. Like, I'll just come in and clean toilets. And I got the job and I cleaned toilets and nice. then I moved up. But like, that's, I just knew I wanted to be around this stuff. So I'm going to be the best porcelain polisher in the world then. And there's no one that's going to beat me at that. That's, that's the way I went about it. And yep. then eventually I moved on to the next thing. Yep. Yeah. It's, Nobody's going to go from from zero up yeah. up to the top just because that's where you want to start. Yep. Uh, you, you have to start at the bottom and earn your way to the top. So yep, it's going to mean a lot more too. Yeah. Awesome. Cool, well, Ben, well, I really enjoyed having you on. I can't wait to have you on again because I think uh, like every time we we get together, we end up having oh, some. Yeah. To me, oh, profound, yeah. profound, uh, eye-opening conversation about the future and stuff like that. Absolutely, so. yeah. It's good. It's always good conversation. You guys are are two individuals that are doing it right in the industry. It obviously shows. Um, uh, you know, I can't I can't imagine where we'll all be in ten years from now. It's going to be exciting. Yeah. Well, you want to tell people where they can find you guys? 
Yeah. So you can check us out at wisemancompany.com. You're going to see all our products over there, uh, links to some of our social media. You can check us out on Instagram. You can check us out on YouTube as well. It's all wise men company, wise men. Um, and we're posting stuff daily, all sorts of topics, um, things related to firearms, everyday carry. Um, and if you want to buy something from us again, you can do that at wisemancompany.com. Awesome. And, uh, so as you're listening, if you want to reach out to us, if you want to get to know us more, have more conversation about uh, what you've heard here or what you want to hear, you can uh, you can get with us. We have an Instagram account, Forging the Journey. Uh, we have a Facebook group. Just uh, you know, hit the button that you want to join, and we'll let you in. And uh, we would love to talk to you. Yep. Yeah. Awesome, guys. Well, Solid. Pleasure having you on, Ben. And. Have a good rest of the week, both of you. All right, you guys too. Thank you so much. Yep, see you guys. See you.